Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Breakfast today and the class is sponsored in loving memory. Sponsored by Leah and Freda Ini. And as well, a week of cold brew today uh, is dedicated loving memory. Sammy Said, Lilunishmat, Shalom, Rafka, sponsored by his son Isaac Said. The Pasuk gives us in the Torah something very beautiful, a very amazing expression. Avraham Zaken Ba Beyamim. And Avraham was old Ba Beyamim. Literally, we would translate it, amen, as come, getting on in years. Ba Beyamim. He's getting on in years, right? That's how you would translate those words. Our rabbis, though, give us a very different understanding of what Ba Beyamim means. And uh, to understand it, I want to give you the uh, uh, amazing story. There's a man who goes to some uh, area, some village, some city in Eastern Europe. And he's praying there. And as he's walking through the streets, he sees that the local city cemetery is, uh, you know, right outside the synagogue. So he goes outside the synagogue and he sees the, the, the stones on the grave. And he sees on the first grave, he sees this guy lived 10 years. Next guy lived eight years. Next person, six months. He's thinking, Shema Israel, what's going on over here? Do we have the bubonic plague running through the city over here? People uh, not eating their, you not, not having their vitamins. You know, my, why, what's, why are people dying so young in this town? So he goes to the rabbi of the city. He says, please, Dachilak, explain to me what's going on over here. At least this way I could learn not, not to do what you guys do. Everybody here is, you know, matting before they get to bar mitzvah. The rabbi tells him, we have a very different custom in our community for how we mark the graves of people. In our city, every person, from the time they turn bar mitzvah, they take a, a, a notebook and they write down every hour that they spend on Torah and mitzvot. And at the end of their life, we tabulate all the hours that the person has marked down and then we write on their grave that's the amount of time that they lived. So a guy who's 80, 90 years old might have only lived 10 years. Some other guy, 80 years old, might have lived five months. Why? Because that's the years of life. Now, my first thought was, this is one heck of a religious community. Right? Could you imagine doing that? Or could you imagine considering um, only the life that you lived in Torah and Mitzvot as your life? Rabotai, I want to discuss this from two perspectives. The first perspective is from a logical perspective. And that is as follows. There's no animal on the planet, even no matter how advanced, you know, uh, they'll tell you a gorilla is. There's not a single gorilla that's buried with a tombstone, you know, missed by his family, uh, you know, uh, the other monkeys. You know, it doesn't... Only human beings, we mark our deaths, not just our lives. And why do we do that? To illustrate and to uh, and to almost sum up a person's life. Now, I don't know if everybody here had uh, the experience, but do you remember when your father passed? And they come to you and they tell you, what do you want to put on the stone? She bifledge. Your father was a very impressive man. He did a lot of siddhaka, a lot of kindness. He was a real leader in the community. Now, what do you get? I, how many characters do I get over here? It's less than Twitter. 140 characters I get to put... On the gravestone, they're going to carve in it forever. You can't change it six months later. I think someone would do an amazing business if instead of tombstones, they would put those uh, things that you could change from your computer. You know, you would do whatever you are in the world. You'd have a new thing scrolling across. I just remembered my father took care of Al-Mana. I just, you know, things that come up later that you, 
they, they come, you know, could you imagine? That would be a great business. If anyone does that, 10% to the shul and 10% to me. But the point is, Rabotai, this is, this is true for everybody out there listening to as well. The point is, Rabotai, that, that's, that sums up the whole person's life. Human beings celebrate this because human beings are different. Our life, it carries a different weight. It, like the kids say today, it hits in a different way. And why is that the case? Because of the choice that we have to live phenomenally, to live paradoxically. As living beings, we are created and programmed to be selfish. A person who's choosing spirituality over physicality, that is an expression of life that is magnificent. It's marvelous. So when we bury the person's body in the ground, what we're saying is, these are the years that are, so to speak, above ground. These are the actions and time that the person lived their life. And that's what this community's minhag was. And it's a beautiful minhag. But it made me think for, my, for one second, Baruch Hashem, I'm not such an old man. I'm only the young age of 42 years old. Although today I feel very old because this afternoon I'm taking my daughter and my son-in-law to, Eretz, to the plane to go to Eretz Israel to study Torah. So my daughter, I'm sending her to the Holy Land to come that he should become a rabbi and a leader of Am Israel, inshallah. Okay? Amen. So I feel a little bit older. I'm 42 years old, but I read this story and it gave me pause. If I had to count how many years of life I have in this 42 years, how much, do, how much did I do? How much did I stock up? What an unbelievable thing. Avraham Zaken, this is the Pasuk means. Avraham Zaken, he was very old, but Baba Yamin, he came along with all of his days, all of them. Why? Because from the time Abraham hit realization of Bore Olam, he was fighting for God. As a kid, he fought with his dad to serve Hashem. So even he didn't have the youth where he spent in, I don't know, Bali or Aruba, all the mistakes that he made, that people make the mistakes of our youth, like we say. The Pasuk says that Abraham Avinu was worried, although he spent every minute of every day doing kindness and learning Torah, doing mitzvah, connecting with God, Abraham said, what about the few, the couple of years before I recognized Hashem, before I found God? And HaKadosh Baruch Hu reassured him, he said, like the tal, the, the dew of your youth, he says the same way the dew, in the morning it disappears, God says, I reckon, the years of your life that you spent before you knew me, I will, I will reckon them for you like the do where they'll disappear in the morning. That you don't need to worry about them. So Abraham was lucky enough, Ba, he came to God, Bayamim, on his tomb it would have said, 175 years. How many years did he live? 175 years. Think to yourself, at the end of each day, what did I do today that was useful? What I put in the bank you know, a person who doesn't necessarily have the best business, they need to be thinking about their retirement fund, right? Their 401k. It used to be at the age of 65, you retired. You had a retirement party. They gave you the watch. They said goodbye. You went on Social Security. Now what do you do? Now you have time, Murray. You have time for hawk every day. <laughs> Come on, now you, you graduate to a different... You shift gears into a different lifestyle. Today, people are not retiring at 65, and they're not retiring at 70. Many people are working into their 80s. Some people I know working into their 90s. Okay? Our social security system 
is going to bust because we were putting money into this for years, assuming that people would only be would be taking paychecks from 65 and they're dying at 70. People were dying 75. Now that where people are living longer because of the powers of our uh, medication, of treatment, the advancements in, so we've made in science, Social Security can't keep up with it. But the question is, although we are living longer, are we living more? Or did you just take a couple more vacations? You played a couple more games of Mahjong? You know, what are you doing? And I'm, I'm saying this and I'm shouting this out through the medium over here to people who have a little bit more extra time. Maybe you're retired or maybe your business is doing well. You bought yourself a little bit more. You're not in the grind from 6 a.m. I know the boys in finance, all my boys from London, the finance boys, they're up 6, 5, 6 in the morning. They're already in the office by 6.30, 6 o'clock. They, they're leaving the office. They're getting home 1 o'clock in the morning, 1.30. They, they're rags. And why are they killing themselves? So that they can retire early. I haven't yet met one guy from finance who, because he put in all those extra hours, he's at the game at 40. I haven't met one guy. You know, okay? You know? So it's an amazing thing. We get into this trap and we're spending all of our days doing things which were supposed to be a means to an end, and somehow we get confused along the way and it becomes an end. Ba bayamin. The Gemara tells us that a person's days are going to accompany him into the world to come. And each day will say, you know when they ask in all the law and the series, hopefully no one here has had to beat the court. But they'll come, you put you on the stand, and they'll say, where were you on February the 7th of 2012? If they ever asked me this question, they would throw me in jail. I don't know, does anyone here have that kind of level of recollection? Where were you on March 9th, you know, 2008? How the heck do I know? I don't know where I was on March 8, 2020. Okay? I was probably home quarantined. But this year is easy, you know? Other years, it's not as easy. Okay? Well, you know, it's a difficult thing. But could you imagine in Boreo Lamb's court, they're going to ask you, Mark, you're going to start sweating. Then you're going to say, wait a second. March 8th, that's Mark Ajmi's birthday. I don't know if it is. That's Mark Ajmi's birthday. I know where I was March 8th. I was celebrating wherever I was celebrating. God's going to say, oh, Zaku Baruch, where were you March 9th? Where were you March 10th? We're going to give an accounting and a reckoning for every day. So the first bit of advice I give to people is a person should make a reckoning at night. Because I know that some of you know the halakha, that concept of Kiryat Shema Alamita, where we say sorry, I did this wrong, I did that wrong. We count. But I think that there's two parts. One is a reckoning of the things that we've done wrong. That's Cheshbon nefesh on things that we did wrong. That's beautiful. But I also, I'd like to ask people to ask themselves, what have I done right? Never mind if I didn't get into a car crash with my workers today. You know, with my, with my friends, with my husband, with my daughter. What did I do? What did I do that was worth putting in the win column today? So I remember teaching this idea that a person should take stock at night, not just the avonot, but also of the misvot that he does. And someone told me, Rabbi, I, I usually I usually enjoy the bits of advice that you give, and I implement them in my life, and they're life changing. He said this one didn't work for me. I said lesh. He says because when I'm asking myself the question, the day's already over. He says I hope you don't mind. I changed your advice a little, and you know sometimes someone tells you something, and you're like, you know what? That's smarter than me. <laughs> he says I asked the question, what did I do wrong at night? And I asked the question, what am I going to do right in the morning?
I go through my schedule. I think to myself, where am I going to be? Who am I meeting with? Who am I likely to run into? You know what? I'm going to say something nice to Karen. Karen seems to be having a difficult time lately. Okay? I'm going to say something nice. I'm going to give a compliment, you know, to my kid, my daughter. I see my daughter is not so happy with school. So they plan ahead on those things because then you have time to do it. And, uh, and, on, and on the sins, a person's mistakes, the only time to do it is afterwards. Rabbi I just want to end with this one last piece about Abraham Avinu. So Abraham Avinu was Baba Yamim. He comes along with his days. What does it mean he's Baba Yamim? What does that mean? That he comes... Well, how does a person live in a mindset of capturing, of utilizing each day? So I think for some people, you have a Daf Yomi, you do Hokli Israel, you read it every day. Some people do Tehillim. Some people like to finish Tehillim in a week, so they do each day, they do the Tehillim. So they have set aside things that they put in their day. But I don't know. I think that people, we as creatures of... Uh, uh, of uh, of uh, of this world, we like variety. You know, variety is the spice of life. A person needs to shift gears to feel like they're alive. So I recommended once someone to take all the mitzvot that he could think of, write them down, I think, and just put them somewhere in his calendar. And if he couldn't do it on that day, to move the mitzvah to another day in the calendar, so that his days were full of uh, full of these types of uh, occurrences. But I want to show you how Abraham Avinu does it. The end of this week's parasha tells us that Abraham is an old man. And what happens? He marries Keturah. Who's Keturah? Machloket. Either Keturah is Hagar. He brought back Hagar, okay, after Sarah passed away. Another opinion is, no, it was a random uh, woman that he married. And he had children, eight kids he has with Keturah. And what does he do at the end? He sends them, Kedem, he sends them to the east. He sends them with gifts to the east. Listen, to, look at this man for a minute. Okay? He lives with Sarai Menu for so many years, trying to have kids only from Sarai Menu. He finally has Hagar and Yishmael. Hashem says, uh, listen to Sarah, send them away. The influence of these other children can't be tainting the legacy of Yitzhak. But once he marries off Yitzhak, Abraham Avinu realizes that there's still time in his life. So what does he do? Sometimes you have people... Barmenan, they're waiting to die. They live their life, they love their partner, and now their partner passes away, they can't imagine being with somebody else because their partner was so great. Rabbutai, if there's life left, if there's gas left in the tank, God didn't take you because there's more to do. Abraham Avinu understands, Ba'erev al-tanech yadecha, says Rabbi Akiva. If you made students when you were young, have students when you're old. Who's Rabbi Akiva talking to? Himself. Rabbi Akiva sets up 24,000 students. And they all die. 24,000 students die in a period of 33 days. I always just try and help people understand what that means just by reckoning for a second. Divide 24,000 by 33. That means that Rabbi Akiva went to each day 800 funerals. I don't know if he did or if he didn't. I don't know if that's physically possible. But he had 800 funerals a day. Rabbi Akiva understood, you know what? I put all my effort, all my childhood, all my youth, all my good rabbi years into this. Now I'm an old man. Rabbi Akiva sets up five students. And the Gemara tells us that from those five students, all of Torah was set up for the Jewish people. Says Rabbi Akiva, had students when you're young, have students when you're old. 
Try again. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. Keep pushing. You had children when you were young, he says. Have children when you're old. Why? Because you don't know what's going to become of these kids. The Sifarim ask, what did Abraham hope to achieve by having those kids? He has Yitzhak, fantastic. That's going to be the continuation of the line. You're now going to marry, you're going to have all these kids and then you send them to the east. What was the point? <clears throat> you know, the deeper sources of wisdom tell us that when the time comes in the coming of the Mashiach, it's going to be the sons of Keturah that act as the non-Jewish ambassadors, the heads of nations from the non-Jewish nations that will connect with Am Yisrael's truth and bring the entire world to Teshuvah. Abraham understood that there was one nation that was going to be chosen that was going to be Am Yisrael. They're going to fly, fly the flag. But the other nations that need to teach, cajole, uh, you know, interact with, the nations of the world to turn everyone to come back in the time of Mashiach Ta'akadosh Baruch Hu, that's going to come from the children of Keturah. Isn't that magnificent? Abraham begins his life, Vayikra B'Shem Hashem. He calls out in the name of God. He knows that he needs to build the continuity through one son. And he does so. Rabbi Sachs points out a magnificent thing. Abraham Avinu was promised two great promises from Hashem. That he's going to be given the land of Israel. And that he's going to have, he's going to father uh, the chosen nation. Those two great promises. He lives with Sarah. And by the time Sarah dies, in this week's parasha, he don't even have a, Four by four to bury her in. The nation that he's supposed to have, one child that he almost just lost the Akedah. Sarai Menu does not merit to see the promise that Abraham has had from God numerous times. And what does Abraham get to see? Bizor, he gets to see his grandkids. He doesn't even see them marry. Bar Mitzvah Yani. Okay? Abraham gets to see from Hashem's prophecy, from his blessing. One piece of ground that he gets buried in with his wife and one and one family that's created. But Rabbi Sachs points out that a person, God, he gives us many, many things. But our life is not about what God does for us. Our lives are about what we do for God. Hashem can give us all the blessings in the world, but unless Avram paid for one piece of ground, Unless the Jewish people fought the battles for Eretz Israel, unless Abraham had the child, taught the child, got involved in making sure that he got married, then the continuity and all the blessings would never carry on. But the flip side is Abraham knows, once I've done my bit, however small that bit is, even if it's just purchasing, even if it's just one kid who's going to carry on, who's going to carry the torch, if I've done my bit, then I know that God's blessing will expand and expand and expand. And that's why the Torah repeatedly refers um, to this piece of land that Abraham bought again and again. And Yaakov mentions it, Eliezer mentions it, etc., etc., etc. May Hashem bless us to utilize every moment of our life to take the blessings that God plants, the seed that He puts in the earth, which without us watering will never become anything, and ultimately to bring home Many, many beautiful days, many beautiful years, many beautiful decades, so that by the time we pass from this world, there are many, many glorious years of life that we've lived brightly, 
uh, and uh, boldly on the face of this earth. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.